when you start your shift or your handovers, you actually set the tone of what you would like people to escalate. And you acknowledge the, the context in which people work and you welcome people to speak up. listening to the Medical Protection Podcast Real World Series, where we expose the pain points and explore how we can navigate the complexity of healthcare today. My name is Dr Katie Grant, and in today's podcast, we explore the concept of a just culture in healthcare. What is it? Why it's important? And what should it mean for us as doctors and those investigating and learning from incidents and near misses? Joining me today is a colleague of mine and future host for this series, Dr Najib Rahman. He's an emergency medicine consultant based in Leeds in the United Kingdom, and he's recently taken up a role as a senior medical educator at Medical Protection. He also sits on a number of committees for the Royal College of Emergency Medicine. I want to start thinking about why now, more than ever, we need to be mindful of learning through errors and near misses. I want to start by telling you about a call received on our advice line. Dr A called Medical Protection very distressed. He explained whilst working in the emergency department, he prescribed a drug that a patient was allergic to and the patient had been given this. The nurse in charge told him he would need to write a report and he was seeking advice. What do you think, if anything, should happen to this doctor? Now, would your answer change if I told you that the patient suffered no harm and recovered fully? But what about if the patient actually suffered anaphylaxis and died? What if there were staff shortages and the doctor was covering a number of different colleagues? Or what if the doctor had actually been drinking alcohol prior to their shift? These are all factors and questions that you may need to consider when investigating errors. And I want to start thinking about why we may be more prone to making errors or mistakes. We know that medicine has always been complex, but now more than ever, we are seeing advances in the way we provide investigations and treatments, and we manage sicker and more complex patients. We may also work in larger, more varied teams and across a number of different sites. Please remember though, we are only human. And whilst we treat other humans, we work in very complex environments. So some degree of risk is inevitable, but there are also many opportunities to learn from incidents, including near misses. And this is something we see every day in our work at Medical Protection. Please also remember that none of us work in a perfect system. And so the contribution and impact of any failings within that system should be considered. The work of James Reason has formed the basis of our understanding of just cultures and errors in the workplace. And he recognised that many errors fall into recurrent patterns. So it's really important that we identify and explore errors and see these as an opportunity to learn and not to shame. We know that a safety culture and learning from errors and near misses are important in a number of industries, not just medicine, but construction and aviation. And the just culture principle was outlined by James Reason in the late 1990s. In short, this can be considered as the opposite of a blame culture. So you should be asking what went wrong rather than who is to blame. You should also consider the impact of any wider systemic issues. It's really important that we allow learning and reflections without people being scared of being blamed or being subject to retribution. Now, there are always concerns if doctors and nurses, for example, are no longer felt to be blamed for their mistakes or errors will actually healthcare professionals cut corners well a just culture should still hold people appropriately to account if there's been evidence of gross negligence or deliberate acts and indeed some jurisdictions actually have legal requirements for the institutions involved to be open if things have gone wrong or if a patient has suffered a near miss and even without a legal obligation it's a real common expectation of lots of our medical regulators throughout the world to demand honesty and openness if something has gone wrong. 
So I want to start thinking about a blame culture. We know there's a risk if you do work in a culture which is not open that there may be a disincentive to report and share your learnings. This means we may be losing opportunities to identify valuable learning points and areas for improvement. Um, the other question is really, if people are blamed or issues are not handled sensitively, does it actually improve patient safety or does it make doctors and nurses fearful of raising concerns? So I want to start, Najib, by asking you, um, your experience, you and your colleagues in the various environments in which you worked, do you feel that you are supported to raise concerns if something has gone wrong or you notice potential patient safety issues? Thanks for that, Katie. That's a really interesting question. And I think probably after tempered, depending on the range of environments we have worked in, really, there have definitely been places where speaking up has been encouraged and that has been understood from the get-go. And that's often been determined by how investigators communicate and deal with colleagues and how they can reassure them about um, a, you know, a process of investigation. But there's clearly other places where there seems to be a very punitive approach to try to understand what went wrong. And you can often appreciate in those situations, investigators can be quite narrow and short in their focus as well, as well as their outcomes and learning. And so you've touched on there, if there is that punitive approach, um, you know, if there's a fear that you're actually going to lose your job or potentially be even humiliated or embarrassed, or it, it may impede your training or career development, that's clearly a disincentive to report. Um, how important do you think it is for uh, the, the, the culture in the organisation to sort of um, lead the way in a just culture? I think that's critical because there's investigations around professionalism as well as errors that might occur all throughout an organization. Um, and so, for example, when there might be wider issues around probity or good medical practice at its core, often these will be HR disciplinary processes or investigations, which are, are held at quite a senior level. And so they set the tone of how people understand context in which people work um, and how they might have to exert their professional obligations under any good medical practice guidance or good clinical practice guidance. So, yeah, if the beat is set at the top, then that filters down and how they're approaching recognizing the complexity of their system and therefore also how other aspects of investigations might need to occur downstream, more locally in departments when things could be improved and things can be done differently. Great. So what we're saying is you, a just culture has to be uh, brought in by everybody in the organization from top down. Um, and you need to provide a situation where members of staff are happy to raise concerns without the fear of being blamed uh, and, and the right questions being asked but also that there's a credible investigator and that the investigation is as impartial as possible. Um, one interesting aspect that I've been reading about with the mood to adjust culture is seeing everybody as victims so not just the patient or the relatives but in fact the caregivers or those involved directly in an error or a near miss. Um, do you have any thoughts about the impact of an error or mistake on doctors or nurses? Well, absolutely. And I think given the state of emergency departments currently in the UK, I think this is probably a daily occurrence. And, you know, we sometimes use the term moral injury, given yeah. the environment that we work in, where often you feel you're unable to deliver the kind of care that you'd like to. So all you need to do is add in errors into the mix and you're trying to provide feedback and support for colleagues you know, for errors that they might feel they've got very, very little control over or oversight on because of the nature of the uh, of the state of the department, for example. But it doesn't mean that that person feels any different about the fact that an incident has, occur has occurred. You know, they clearly 
are worried about the impact of the patient, but they're also worried about the impact on themselves, their continued ability to function within that department. And will they be supported um, during that investigation, but also in terms of learning and improving the state of the department, um, not just in terms of limiting the risk of direct reoccurrence. Great. Yes, because we we talk a lot about the second victim. And I think if you think back to your own practice and, and those people listening, I'm sure even relatively minor things, you know, I think back now and think about quite small mistakes that I made at the time, they were absolutely devastating. Um, and we, we do have, you know, it's not uncommon for our members to call us on the telephone in tears, or just to feel very stressed. Um, people may find that actually they can't sleep very well their mood declines the other thing is we see is that doctors then lack confidence so it may lead to doctors either acting defensively so over investigating or over treating patients which clearly isn't in the public interest but also you know in some situations if you're a surgeon who operates on particularly high risk patients you may find that actually your appetite for that risk goes down so again, doctors may avoid dealing with complex patients for the fear of making a, you know, a mistake or error, which again um, can impact on, on, on the healthcare environment. Um, I think one other thing we see, um, and I don't know whether this has been a problem, um, where I've worked in various places, some people tend to think nothing will change. So why, <laughs> why do I bother reporting? Or the other thing is that it's somebody else's job to do. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts about, you know, what. If somebody didn't report a near miss and then the next week it happened again, um, that to me would be very difficult to deal with. So what do you think we can do to try and encourage um, our colleagues to, to speak up appropriately? You know, we talked about the culture being one of, of openness. Anything practical or, or otherwise you think that you can you can do to encourage colleagues to, to have faith in the system? Well, I think that's a really critical point, isn't it? And I think there clearly is sometimes elements of reporting fatigue if the situation yeah. is recurrent and complex and it's seen that uh, the environment can't be changed. And perhaps the ones that do get reported just reflect the tip of the iceberg in terms of actually, yeah. you know, what's occurring day to day. So I think this is where you can, you know, really try to demonstrate clinical leadership on the fly a little bit, you know, so yeah. when you start your shift or your handovers, you actually set the tone of what you would like people to escalate and you acknowledge the, the context in which people work and you welcome people to speak up. And this becomes yeah. a more of a live dynamic check and balance and it helps people to be alerted to the risks that are there and feel supported to raise concerns before they become an incident. Um, and I think that goes back to your opening gambit around a just culture. You know, how do we ensure that fairness and value set uh, at yeah. a much more local level, rather than assuming this is something that always has to be imposed from externally or from out with your own department? So where are our responsibilities? How value centered are we as part of the yeah. organization as well as as well as the day to day work? So that's really interesting. So what you're saying there is that you don't necessarily need to have a big formal investigation actually if you start with the basic stuff actually empowering people to speak up gosh is that the way we do that did you mean did you mean to order that that dose because I thought we were talking about giving a reduced dose because of renal function or whatever it, it's empowering everyone in the team to speak up at the low you know the at the lower level and then that will sort of uh, encourage that general principle that actually here we are open you're not going to get laughed at you're not going to get blamed for, for questioning respectfully and then that will feed into the bigger picture. Actually, if there's a, as a if there is a significant issue or a near miss, then everyone knows that where we work, we're open and we're, we're happy to support each other. So that's a really interesting point, actually, starting perhaps lower down as well as having the, the cultural buy-in from the top can be really important. 
I mean, I think the other key thing is really thinking about if you're investigating these issues, are you are you doing it in a, in a just framework? And we know that some organisations have actually used safety principles to develop a guide, a just culture guide, and they will go through a series of questions, a bit like the opening uh, scenario with our doctor. First of all, they have to ask, did the doctor do anything intentionally? So again, we know there are cases where healthcare professionals have actually intentionally caused harm. And these are clearly massive deviations from the expected standard. And I think most of us would agree that those doctors or, or nurses or dentists should actually be treated um, by the criminal route or, or disciplinary if they've done something so abhorrent. But then we move on to thinking about any other mitigating factors. Actually, is the doctor ill? Are they um, under the influence of substance abuse? actually then did they follow relevant guidance um you can think about what your peers would have done in the same position would they've made the same decision so there are a series of steps that hopefully an investigator will go through to try and demonstrate that the investigation is just so i'd like to say thank you so much to Najib for your input today no, thanks katie it's been a really interesting discussion and i hope to be able to explore this in greater depth and and in future sessions as well thanks I was for gonna say, i'm going to be tuning into your podcast as well um and for you listening at home i'd like to just think about a few next steps i'd like to invite you to think about what the culture is in your own workplace do you have a robust reporting system and uh, is there cooperation and buy-in from all your colleagues and if not why not is the investigation process fair and constructive do you think it considers both the individual and systems factors or actually are there areas for potential improvement. Ultimately, I want to think, do you ask what went wrong rather than whose fault is this? And can you design processes that identify outcomes and learning points, but also support all of those harmed, both the patient and doctors and nurses? And finally, let's end on a positive. What can you learn from success? I don't think we're very good at um, praising ourselves and our colleagues. So actually, have you got a system for reporting positive outcomes? And if not, can you instigate that in your own workplace? If you're a member of Medical Protection and want to know more about today's topic, take a look in the podcast description for links to relevant learning. And with that, we reach the end of today's podcast, exploring just cultures and a shift away from blame. If you're new to podcasts and maybe listening for the first time, make sure you subscribe to the channel to make listening in the future easier. You can access this podcast from all of the major apps, including Apple and Google Podcasts and Spotify. For more information about medical protection, or if you are already a member and would like a certificate for listening today, please look for the details in the description. I've been your host, Dr. Katie Grant, and thank you for listening. Thank you.